Welcome to Early Stoppage. This is your host, Derek Moody. And on this particular episode, I had the opportunity to interview Berlin Kearney. He's the co-owner and head instructor of the Bomber Squad Boxing Academy. We got to dig deep into his time overseas, his amateur roots, his um, group he calls the Bomber Squad, and what the future holds for the Bomber Squad Boxing Academy. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Okay, what's going on, brother? How you been? Good, man. Life is good, brother. I'm so with you. Same thing, man. Living across seas, but you know, it is what it is. Life is good. So for those of my uh, fans that are unfamiliar with you, give us a quick rundown of your background. Uh, well, as far as boxing, you know, I started boxing in 01. I started in the boxing game kind of late. Um, I was in the military, uh, boxed out here, uh, went to Texas for a little bit, moved to Japan. Um, Japan, I brought a few elbows, man. Really uh, started taking a little bit serious, man. And, um, you know, try to stay out there to go pro. Um, a few things happened with the military. They went and signed some papers. So I was coming back here every like three months to renew my visa. And then I came, I stopped in the gym. One of the homies, uh, my good brother now, uh, convinced me to come back, man. So I came back, started competing. I started, uh, I got up to like, what, 10, uh, 10 fights in the amateur, and I was going to go pro, and then broke my hand, tore my meniscus, and then uh, started training from there, and uh, had a little, 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 a little squad, you know, they called me the Black Bomber, so I had a little squad, I had about like three, three fighters who's making noise, uh, I started the Bomber Squad back then, and then, uh, what, five years later, you know, now we're running the gym, successful gym, Bomber Squad Boxing Academy. Uh, here in El Cajon, uh, California, San Diego, for those who aren't from over here. You know, and we making noise, man. I got a few ranked fighters. I got um, one of my kids. He's been number one for like three years straight. Uh, the only reason he's not number one in the country right now, he didn't, he didn't compete in, the, uh, in, in a few tournaments. He went overseas, fought in Ireland, got the goal there, fought in England, got the goal there, going back to Ireland next month. Um, got a cool little squad, man. I got about 10, 10 good headers. Uh, Five a rank, um, about five. You know, I'm still working into the transition. Uh, we're running a good thing over here, man. I had a pro, uh, Kevin Ali, uh, was undefeated. We fought Roy Jones Jr. fighter. They, it was a, we really won, but it was a, we can check that out. Um, uh, you know, we had some managerial problems, so we split. So we actually working on getting back together now. Just had a meeting with him, so we're gonna we're gonna solidify that. That was my first pro. Um, I got three pros. Uh, so, yeah, man, we just doing it, man. Living life, learning. Young, you know. Everything's going good. Yeah, real good, man. What was the first piece of boxing content you've ever absorbed, whether it was a live event or the first event you saw on TV? Um, well, I, you know, I saw some events growing up, man. My auntie was real big in boxing, but I didn't really gravitate towards it, man. It's just it's when I really sat down and um, – I got into boxing. I started training just to lose weight. Two weeks later, they was like, yo, you should do a fight. And I'm like, every two weeks. And so, like, I really got on game. And, and what really, like, hit me, honestly, man, was James Tony. I started watching James Tony and uh, his uh, gym wars, man. So I started developing um, his type of style. And, you know, and that that's what really, I really, really soaked up a lot, man. His attitude, his personality, talking, he's sparring. 
you know, he was legendary, man. So I think that he's the one that's re that really, 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 like, put a big impression on me as far as boxing. So James Tony was the one. So so when you when you saw your first few clips of James Tony, that's when you kind of fell in love with the sport? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, see, my thing is, man, when I was younger, I didn't really get the concept of I can make money by punching people in the face. <laughs> It was just, you know, we grew up together. I did a lot of stuff, man. I did a lot of things, homie. And so, like, I didn't really catch that concept until later. Like, you're on the line, like, yo, this can be real. Because I didn't really have nobody on my head, like, yo, you can actually do this. You know, people was like, yo, you dope. But this is people, like, outside of boxing. Because I basically ran myself because I was military. I was moving. So I, 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 was, I was put on game by soaking up, like, what I saw fights and research and fighters and things like that. Um, but yeah, so that's how, that's how I roll. Now you mentioned that you went to Japan and you did some boxing over there. Now how would you compare your boxing experience in Japan to your boxing experience in the United States? Well see, the dope thing about Japan is like called gaijin. You the gaijin, you the brother. They respect American boxing so much, like you walk in there and they eyes light up like, oh, you could key spar, key spar. Like, you know, and, and basically I'm, I'm naturally bigger than everybody, uh, but you know, there were some, some kickboxers, some pros over there, and uh, just so happened at the time I was dating this girl, her uh, brother was part of a gym um, that was one of the biggest gyms out there for like, you know, Muay Thai and things like that, um, shoot boxing. So invited me over there to spar with the guys, so I got to know a lot of heavy hitters, you know, and everybody wanted to spar. That's one thing I noticed is, no matter where I went, I always got work. So um, it's very disciplined over there, man. Nobody used to clap. Like, it used to be nobody cheer. Like, it would, they would just clap together and, and silent. It was like a pin drop when you're watching a fight. That was awkward for me, you know. But it was dope, man, because that's where I saw uh, um, Linares. I saw Edward Valero up in Tekken Gym. So that influenced me also with that. I, um, Valero had a kamikaze style, heavy hand, you know? So it was cool, man, because I got a lot of respect for not really doing much, honestly. You know, they, they knew me as the fighter, you know, because um, there was another guy, I forgot his last name, Kevin. It's actually my brother's homeboy. He was a champion out there. So, um, you know, their discipline is different, man. They got a war mentality type of thing, so they respect all combat sports, you know? How many, how many years were you out there pursuing boxing? Yeah, no, a total, total years I was out there, I was out there about four years. Um, uh, as far as like boxing, actual boxing, boxing, I didn't compete out there. I was going to compete. I was getting out of the military uh, December, so I was supposed to have a fight in January. I was training, so uh, I was training with a few uh, pro fighters. Uh, one of my homeboys, he's a kickboxer out there. I was training with him in his camp, and uh, we had a setup where I was going to go pro, um, take a test. Even they test, the way their situation is different. Like, you got to go actually test out. Like, you got to do a written test, first of all, and then you got to do a sparring test, you know? And it's just organized. It's crazy. But uh, I had the answers already. Like, I already had the hookup, you know? They gave you the answers before the test? Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they wanted me to fight. Like, they already showed. I had the test and everything. Like, well, this is what you want to answer. It was in kanji and everything. But I don't know if I was going to get an English version or not, but it was – the test they gave me was in kanji and it had English, uh, English on it, you know, to tell me what, what was what. But I had all the answers. They told me what to answer. Told me how to spar. Like, don't try to knock people out. Just look good, look sharp. 
you know, so I had everything lined up. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't technically, I, I didn't compete. I was supposed to compete in uh, that following year in January. And then that's around the time when the issue with the military happened. You had to come back to the states. Yeah, well, the thing is, uh, at that time, I didn't know. I basically was like destroying property. They, they were like, they used excuse like, okay, you're still government property. You can't be fighting, you know. Uh, I get out in December. But I, long story short, I found out what it was. I got to with a master chief a while back. And he's like, top. He's a, that's when the chick go up. He's like, man, F that. He kicked that back. And so, you know, it's, it's crazy because there's another brother, which is crazy, you know what I'm saying? And we got into it over some some that he started you know but anyway sorry it is what it is it, it has a reason because then i wouldn't be here you know you know you never you know what i'm saying so it's all good so when you got back to the states from there you got those rounds of work over in japan and you figured now that i'm here let me try to pursue this let's try to go amateur was it hard to find a good gym honestly all these years man i was training myself basically you know it just so happened that i landed to a cool gym with my boy kong and then Khan introduced me to Khan uh, uh, introduced me to the uh, another branch. So East County, and then I was North Park, and um, you know there I was hooked up with some good people. Um, and you know they told me like, yo, just just do amateur, you know, just, just try it. And I was just I had an eraser in my hand, you know. So uh, with that being said, you know I was always like stopping fighters, knocking people out, and it wasn't that style you know what I'm saying um, but you know it was, it was cool you know we made it we made we made we did what we did what we needed to do and then um, you know things, things was good it was good right there it was always show up at a fight and one of your fighters got a fight and then like people pull it out like they they had a, we had a point at the time where nobody was like you know yeah, it was like, it was like, we good, we good, you know. From your amateur experience, did that kind of help you mold the, the amateurs that you have now because you've been it, you've done it yourself? Yeah, man, honestly, a good trainer basically is a person that could actually um, break down and simplify it to a person. So whatever it is you learn, if you're able to articulate that to a fighter and he's actually be able to um, use that in the sport, pretty much that's what, that's what makes a good trainer. And just luckily, I understood my transitional spaces. So I knew where I was at when I was learning how to do a jab and what got me to figure out what a good jab was and how to jab. So basically, that's what it was, man. I just broke down because it seemed like yesterday I, was, I just started boxing. So I would just explain certain things, concepts, and then get it. And it's like, oh, okay, I got it. So and then being able to see not really – changing a fighter but equipping a fighter teaching him breaking him down teaching him the basic letting him seeing where he's most naturally gravitating towards and using that and just helping him fill the holes fill the the things that he's doing wrong without completely his style ultimately that's what you have to do man you got to be able to see that feel that understand the timing and uh move on from there you know when you you know broke your hand and tore your meniscus and you decided it was time to hang up the gloves. Was the transition hard to go into being a trainer or did it just come naturally? The, the good thing was, man, is that I had ran into a situation before where there was, I ran into politics. I had uh, one, of, one of the coaches from the opposite gym wanted to help me. He saw who I was. I was in Japan, he made a call. His son was like, trying, going for the Olympics and 
they saw me fight and they're like, yo, we need your help. He ended up cornering me. I ran to politics. People on this side, on the right side, got an issue with it. So I kind of like, they kind of shunned me out. So then I started helping out with training and things like that. And by the time that I broke my hand, I had already had this little kid. Uh, he was probably like, what, six? He was six, Julius Ballo, six years old. So I actually had an outlet where that it, I didn't, I wasn't missing out. I wasn't out of box. I had somebody to invest in. And in my opinion, it was, it was dope. Like he was like a sponge, man. He soaked up game. So it wasn't like, oh man, I'm gonna miss out. Like I was already in boxing. I was already teaching. I was already training. So it, it wasn't really a, a, a big transition. Only The only snag I hit before is I'm an introvert, bro. I don't like being in front of people. I didn't really like, I'm just, I'll be on my own. You know what I'm saying? So I break that part. That was the only part. That wasn't hard. You know what I'm saying? It's just, I mean, I was used to it. I walked in the gyms, new gyms. You the new dude the gym. Like, they always look into, like, yo, how much you weigh? Like, I'm in the military, so I'm moving around. So I got, I got comfortable with that. So I just use that when I'm meeting somebody or, or I'm teaching somebody, training somebody. You really just got to. You gotta have faith that you know what you you know what you're saying, you know what you're doing. And if you don't know what you're doing, you better act like you know what you're doing until you know what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? So oh, that helped get that out. Um, you know, as I'm speaking, I have to mention something. Uh when I was training, I there was a there was a there was a small part of my uh my amateur career that I was on to something big and that was uh training with Robert Garcia. I trained with Robert Garcia, not the Mexican Robert Garcia, the black one, the one uh, that worked at war in Amir Khan. He down here. So, like, he even told me he was talking smack. He moved to San Francisco. And I should have went with him. He's like, yo, you should come out here. You know why? Because when you was with me, you never had problems. Like, and he was right. And I should have listened. And I should have went uh, out there to do that. You know, but shout out to Robert. You know, that was a, I learned a lot from him. He was actually my one and only trainer. You know, like, really legit boxing trainer you know so but yeah now you mentioned uh julius ballo now was he the first member of bomber squad or was he is he still part of bomber squad no nah, the first member um i had two hitters it was uh terry my, my nephew terrence Hendricks, and then gabriel hernandez um you know for your for your people that's watching you can type in bomber squad gabriel hernandez or terrence Hendricks. um they call it Gabriel Baby Bull, and then uh, Terry was the hit man. Um, that them boy. Are they still a part of Bomber Squad? Uh, no, nah, Terry. Terry is actually not too far from here. He uh, he running a gym, um, um, RSD boxing. So he doing. He may he may he, he he probably will be start back doing his thing at the end of the year. Um, Baby Bull, we separated for a while. He. Um, you know, with him, he was a young kid, man, beating up grown men. Uh, he did his thing. We separated for a while, uh, for a good amount of years. Now he's back, and so I worked with him again. Uh, so it was it was those two, and then I and then I had um, Donnell. He started fighting, and you know that was the one that people also was like, nah, they used to pull out of fights like we don't want none of that. And then um, from there, I started picking up a cool little amateur team, but really. Um, Julius was like the last of the original Bomber Squad, and he's the one who I had since now. He just turned 15, so I have him since he was uh, six years old, you know. And was he the one that was um, ranked number one? The one that went over to Ireland? Yeah, that's the bad boy. Look him up, Julius. 
Balo, you can, you can, he got interviews on ES News. He he's somewhere everywhere. So yeah, look up Julius Balo, little Chaldean kid, uh, pretty fast. One thing I can say, if he wasn't my fighter, if I saw him, I'd be like, that kid dope. He nice. Man, I can I can you know I may be biased, but I'm do my best really not to be biased, but I I, I definitely can say he's probably the best amateur I've seen. That's a that's a pretty big title right there. I heard that once before about a fighter named Lomachenko. Yes, he just with the Lomachenko's camp. He just but yeah, he just went over there like what last month he went. Um, you know, called Lomachenko. So yeah, he rubbed my elbow pretty with, you know. That's man you know how do you decide who's going to be a part of bomber squad what criteria do you look for is there a certain thing that you see in a fighter and you're like you know what i want this person if i had if i had to put on paper for anybody i need i need somebody i don't have to pump up you know what i'm saying like if someone is they want it and they're not afraid that's i can work with that you know it's the ones who got skill and they don't really work hard. Cause I'll be honest with you, man. I had a few kids come through these doors that had some talent, but it's hard over here, man. It's hard because you got all all these kids. They don't play, man. Like it's hard. Like I get it. Like some people are comfortable with being in the spot where they're they're the star, and that's okay. I understand that. But my mentality is you should not be the best in your gym. You shouldn't like you. Where how high can you go? You know what I'm saying. You got to have somebody that's equal, or a couple kids that's like they they're. they're man over here. You know what I'm saying. I, I want lines. I want I want kids that are just grinding the bit. You know, at the end of the day, that's what it is. I give everybody a chance, so I let them come. I let I let kids integrate slowly, like do regular class and then take a class with the farmer squad every now and then. Um, but it's open doors, honestly. I just, I like to evaluate kids and see where they are, where they at. A lot of time I just put them in a fireman and, and that, that, that tells all, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, like in the military, I used to, uh, uh, make crowns and bridges shoot gold. So with gold, you light it up in a crucible and you can see the impurities separate. You got to heat that up. So that's how you say principle, my fighters, you turn the heat up and you want to see, you want to see the impurities, you can slide it off maybe. Or some people aren't built for this game, you know. Um, definitely, it's a hard game, man. This boxing is no joke, and I understand, you know. Now, do you have men and women in the bomber squad? Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, back in the day, I used to have uh, uh, this girl, Gabby. She was one of the first females that I had, and she was dope, little southpaw, bad, you know. Um, right now, I have uh, the only girl I have is uh, Drea. Drea Garcia, and to be honest with you, man, when people see her, they're like, yo, she gonna be dope. And she only been, really only had her for like a year. She's only been boxing literally like less than two years. Yeah, she has a lot of potential, man. And she, one thing I can't say about girl fighters, man, if they were fit, as physical as us, we'll be in trouble. They learn fast, man. They're, they're no joke. There's no walls with girls. They're just like, okay. Okay, and they do what you tell them, you know? So that's the only thing I have right now. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. I apologize. But the young kids, yes, it's the only female. I also have um, uh, Jill Stafford. She actually just came back from um, 
the Western qualifiers. Basically, you go, you qualify for a seat to try for the Olympics. She won a whole tournament. Yo, she, man, she put in work. And the girls she's fought, she fought there, no joke, man. Some of them didn't have losses. So uh, she barely made the cutoff. She only had five fights. You have to have five fights. Uh, so she went through, smashed out the competition one. So now we got to go to uh, Utah in uh, December. So she fights for her seat in December. They do Western, they do Eastern. The winners, they all meet up. And the runner they meet up in uh, December. And they fight, fight for a seat. So it seems like you got a good stable of fighters, part of the Bomber Squad. So what's a what's a typical day like at the Bomber Squad Boxing Academy for you? Uh, for uh, for me, uh, man, every hour or something. I got a I got a client at nine from nine to ten, and then probably another one. I think from ten to eleven, I got another meeting to do. Um, I got an interview to do uh, after that. Um, try to knock out a few things, work with some paperwork, you know. But it's cool, I'm starting to, uh, I'm hiring somebody to take a lot of the administrative responsibilities so I can really, really uh, focus on uh, the team. We got some new members coming in, so I'm sliding the schedule. So um, June 1st is really where I'm trying to stamp everything. And I'm really just gonna focus on creating the fighters, um, working with my clients, and that's pretty much it, man. We got a lot of, a lot of kids that are, uh, a lot of the amateur fighters that are going to go pro. So we have a tournament coming up in June. And then after that, it's, it's the pro. I got like four of them in line. So it's time. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to mention a couple of different boxers' names. I want you to tell me the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear their name. Okay? All right. Canelo. A lot of potential. Triple G. Okay, uh, Deontay Wilder. I got a lot of respect for him now. After that Ortiz fight? Hold on, I'm gonna say something about Deontay Wilder. People don't do it the correct way, but they make it happen. Ali, yo, he heavyweight, he don't do that. Hey, he went, it's ugly, but he did it. And I think his passion. His passion is something that you don't really see. Like back golden days, these fighters, when the bell rang, they came for war from, from, from the get-go to the end. These fighters are soft, they working on it, like, it, like his style before a fight. It should be fight before style. Go in there and break a man down, you know? So, so I'm going to go on record and say this. Everybody says I'm crazy, but I'm going to say it on, on record. When Joshua and Wilder fight, I say Wilder stops him. Man. Woo! I'm still, up, I'm still up in the air. I'm leaning, I'm leaning with you, but I'm still up in the air on that one. That wild style that he has, it's just one, all it takes is one wild punch to connect. Let's go uh, Terrence Crawford. Oh, the truth. And I've been saying this since day one. That brother, his subtle adjustments, flawless. I, I, I'm telling you, I used, to call, I used to call the fights on the round with him. Boy. The truth in the story. Joe Lewis. Um, you know, I mean, that's that's vintage. You know, what I mean? like, you know, you can't. It's weird, man. Different times, you can't compare it to certain things. But there are some things that's cut from a different cloth because just what was going on, the, the how the world worked then. Vintage, bro. You know, vintage. 
Edwin Valero. Bruh, bruh. Let me tell you, three people that I that created my way out teach, the way out box, and that's um, Edwin Valero, James Tony, and Jorge Linares. Hands down. Okay, the Charlo brothers. You know, time test all, but promising. Right. Uh, last one, Jack Johnson. <laughs> Innovator. Oh, yeah, like, yo, what? open doors. Like, I was like, hey, I, I, I would not be able to do what he did. Hey, you and me both, brother. What upcoming uh, tournaments or events do you guys have going on? Uh, we got uh, a lot, man. We got um, SoCal. We got uh, Junior Olympics. Uh, we got the Roy Jones Junior Tournament coming up. Uh, a lot of things, man. Uh, you know, there's always fights every month. Um, local, but there's big tournaments every other month or every two months, every three months. So we try to we try to uh, get in there into the most important ones. Because honestly, as an amateur man, if they were to hit every important tournament, it would cost them over ten thousand dollars a year. Part yeah, so you know I'm trying to I'm trying to but um, um, nonprofit right now for some of these kids that has potential. You know it's a poor man's sport. You know so you know, we making it happen. We making it happen. For anybody who wants to keep up with you guys or get in contact with you, how would we go about doing that? Bomber Squad Boxing Academy on Facebook. Bomber Squad on Instagram. Those are the main uh, tools that I use now um, for, for content. I haven't really put out a, um, a website yet. You know, honestly, you can do without it. You know, and I want it a certain way, a certain type of website I want. So when I get that type, I'll put it out. But definitely Bomber Squad Boxing Academy. We got uh, Instagram, Facebook, um, our YouTube channel. Um, so yeah, you can follow us there. All right, man, I appreciate it. Well, hey, it was a privilege and an honor getting to talk to you today. And I wish uh, the whole Bomber Squad Boxing Academy much success. You know, the amateurs. Um, yeah, thank you for your time, man. Wish you guys the best. I appreciate the invite, brother. Okay, so that wraps up my interview with Berlin Kearney. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Until next time, peace.